0: That wonderful, functioning, caring, loving family that we all desire and imagine is not achieved without establishing culture and establishing that culture requires intention. And what better way to get on the same page and start loving each other better than to be in each other's faces? The family huddle serves us in that way. Our connections don't improve by accident. We have to huddle up come together and make it happen. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our families' potential. what's going on everybody i have missed you i hope that you've missed me it's been a few weeks for those of you that are listening to -to back-to-back episodes you don't miss me (laughs) you just we were just hanging out and that's cool too welcome i'm excited about today's subject we're going to be addressing creating culture in the home and i want to address different components of this sporadically Um, Right now and moving forward today, we're going to be focusing on the family huddle. It's something that you've likely heard me refer to in previous episodes, but how the family huddle can assist us in creating culture in the home. And for some of us, the concept of culture in the home is going to feel a little foreign. And this is something that you're going to be kind of realizing as we go through it. For others, you are familiar with the idea of setting a tone, setting the pace and establishing a foundation for your home. And regardless of whether we're being intentional Or not all of us within every home, a certain culture is being created and we can easily equate this to the experience of like the workforce in our workplace you can kind of gauge what the culture consists of. And when it's healthy, when it's thriving, that typically consists of really being clear on what's expected of you, what you are moving toward. Collectively, there is honor, appreciation, and respect despite hierarchy like those that you are managing or that are managing you. There's just... A cohesion there that allows for you guys to be on the same page and you're likely enjoying the process. Like it's amazing when we actually enjoy our coworkers and our, our bosses and things of that sort. That culture is amazing and we look forward to going to work. And even if we don't necessarily look forward to it, once we get there, it's all good because we're around our people people that we are in agreement with, but most importantly, we have an expectation, a clear expectation concerning our roles, how we are to operate and what's expected of us. And we know what to expect of those that we are working alongside. But I feel like most of us are unfortunate enough to have experienced negative culture And what that consists of, there is a lack of clarity. There are boundaries being crossed. You don't know what you're supposed to do, but people are getting mad at you for not doing the thing that you don't know to do or know how to do. I remember I was working at this one place. It was actually a roofing company and I was just thrown in the fire and I found myself a weekend absent of training absent of a lot just just ridiculousness all around poor culture and cohesion and I was putting in an order a big order that was going to cost thousands upon thousands of dollars and I didn't know how to interpret or to order accurately, whatever it was that this contractor needed in order to fulfill his job. And I was literally putting in this order. and I'm just like, no, I like, I'm not going to see this through. Like it's a wrap. And I went on lunch and I never returned. <laughs> I never stepped back into that building. I almost feel like I had a minor panic attack to be honest. That was one of the first times I had ever experienced something like that. But it was just like the culture of that establishment was so poor that I just couldn't even return. I really couldn't. Or rather, I'd say that I chose not to return. There was just no way I was going to subject myself to this thing that didn't make sense. Again, I didn't know what to expect I was not trained appropriately. There just wasn't the cohesion that was required in order for that establishment to function as it was expected to or as it was capable of. And when you think about our homes, we have to consider whether our culture allows for us to thrive collectively as well as on an individual, a person to person basis. Or are there adults and children walking around on eggshells or confused or hurt because they don't really know what's going on? Not sure what to expect, not sure where they fit in the equation, or they do know where they fit and they just don't like their place. You know, these are things to consider when we are establishing culture and setting a tone, a pace Or a standard for how we operate as a family. And I feel it's really important that we do understand that this can be done without intention. We can absolutely establish a standard and express values without literally putting words to what those values are. Or stating this is what our family is about. We can unintentionally create a certain culture within our homes. And when that's the case, we're most likely not going to set the right standard or establish a correct culture within our homes. Like when's the last time you got an Uber and, just to drive around, (laughs) just just to enjoy the company and just to go wherever. That's not the case. When we get an Uber or a Lyft, there is an exact location that we want to be dropped off at. And compared to our family, how much more important is it that we have a final destination or we have an intention concerning where we're headed versus the random 20 minute Uber drive. I'm thinking the family component is going to be a bit more important. And I'll throw out some examples of what that can look like in the home as far as what your culture may consist of, whether you're being intentional, whether you are explaining it and expressing what it is or not. It could be performance equals rewards. When somebody does something well, they are just garnished and they are drowned in praise and gifts and things of that nature those things may not be present in the mundane in the everyday or the individual within the home that's not doing the thing that receives praise they're just not recognized as much some of us are familiar with growing up in such a household or the eyes open mouth closed culture where like we're all seeing some things and going through some things, but we're not saying anything. No one is expressing things from their perspective. And honestly, I'm experiencing this personally within my family. Unfortunately, my granddad passed away last Friday and a ton of my aunts and uncles in our family collectively They've functioned in this capacity for such a long time, and it's making this process of celebrating, mourning, and even burying my granddad very difficult because everybody has these random experiences and perspectives and things of that nature, but no one was talking. Nobody was talking, and that's permeated throughout this family, and those are chains that we're trying to break, uh, a pace That some of us are no longer in agreement with, but that's not an easy process to make those changes or that maybe, for example, there was just the culture of chaos and that can be a culture like there's random people going in and through the house. I don't know whether dad or mom are going to show up. One thing I do, you're yelling at me. And the next day I do the same thing and I'm getting some love or just like it's it's just chaos. I don't know. I like I expect not to know what to expect. And there are literally households that consist of that chaotic culture or maybe there's religiosity. One of my friends, we actually we went on we go on these couple vacations every year. And my friend, he had never seen Rugrats before. And he had a healthy and happy home um, from what he's expressed to me. But because of certain beliefs, he was kept from watching Rugrats. So you know what I did? I put on freaking Rugrats. He's was 30, 30 or 31 years old and he saw rug, an episode of Rugrats for the first time. Maybe that's the culture of the home. Do I feel like he was deprived? Yes, dude, if you don't, if you don't know anything about Tommy or Chucky, you likely don't know yourself. Okay, seriously. (laughs) That show even taught me to stay away from Angela's. I think that's her name. The one with the blonde hair. That was just a terror. You know what I mean? I feel like. She taught me how to avoid Karens, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest. She was my first introduction to the Karens. Okay, and I've been avoiding them ever since. And that's that's served me. But these cultures, these values that operate within our household, they don't just establish a foundation of sorts for your home. They essentially set an expectation for for life. Like this is the first uh, opportunity that our kids and even we adults, we have the ability and an opportunity to interpret life and what transpires in the world through what's happening within our home. So if you grew up in a home where performance was rewarded, you are a doer, you're a worker and you that's just how the world works, that's the only way that you are affirmed. If you're the eyes open, mouth closed, people just don't talk about things. You hold on to whatever you are experiencing, and so does everybody else. If it's chaos, guess what? The world is chaotic. There's just no peace available to us, or we just can't expect much. And I've found that people that grew up in immersed in religiosity, they tend to forget about the grace that God has for them and therefore they tend not to have grace for others in their mishaps and mistakes or they just straight up ending up being rebellious because they didn't get struck by lightning when you know they did the thing that their mom or dad told them that they couldn't do because God was going to smite them if they did it and they were going to get struck by lightning you know so essentially what i am saying is that we are currently Creating culture within our homes, and it is best that we do so with intention, or else we will create culture within our homes. It's just happening. We might as well be purposeful about it and move toward our outcomes, the desired outcomes that we want to transpire again in our family collectively, as well as in our lives personally. And that brings me to the family huddle. Again, I've mentioned it before, but it is something that we do in order to establish culture and to assist us in doing so. And ultimately, what we're trying to achieve, I was thinking about it today, is the outcomes we want from the family huddle. We want security. We want everyone to feel secure. This, again, applies to both the kids present as well as the adults But if I were to focus on the kids right now, the opposite of security obviously is insecurity. And I believe that insecure children are some of the most, both vulnerable and dangerous. It makes me think of like a venomous baby snake. Like they are the most vulnerable because they're naive. They're new to the world. They're not familiar with all of their predators and whatnot. But at the same time, they are the most dangerous because when they bite, they don't know how to control the distribution of venom. So when they bite and they are trying to attack something whether they're trying to defend themselves, whatever the case, they're going all out with the amount of venom that they are putting into this other mammal, which will cause its death or leave it significantly impaired. The same applies to our insecure children. They're vulnerable to the influence or the intentional or unintentional attacks from peers or even adults. And they can also be dangerous in however they act out. They can be disruptive jerks straight up. They really can be taking out whatever they're going through on anybody and everybody. So, our family huddle is purposed to create some security, um, again, within our family as well, as well as within each of us. And this is also an amazing way to introduce a foreign party. So, if there is a prospective step parent or a recent step parent that is coming into the picture, this is a great way that. We get some FaceTime. We get familiar with who you are. You get familiar with everyone else that's in your family to be or the family that has recently been created, or maybe it's not recent. Maybe you're like five years deep and you're like, what's going on? Family huddle. Do it. Get familiar with one another. Allow them to get familiar with you. The other thing that we achieve through our family huddle is empowerment for the adults involved, knowing that we have some level of influence over our kids and we have some stake or insight in their lives is extremely empowering. And for the kids, knowing that they have the ability to understand their circumstance, what surrounds them, what they're experiencing, they're able to regulate their emotions as we function as mediators and whatnot. And we support them in the things that they're experiencing. And then they also know that they can make change in their lives. They can actually exercise a degree of control. And that is extremely empowering for a child opposed to feeling subject to whatever life presents And if we're in the blended family, life has presented a ton of random changes and circumstances that have been challenging. And when children feel like they're just subject to it all, it's not a good thing. So empowering them, giving them the tools to exercise in their lives and shining a light on some of the areas that they can make change is very empowering for them. Even having the opportunity to walk them through these things is empowering for us adults. So there's security, there is empowerment, and then there's hope. We want everyone leaving the family huddle feeling hopeful, meaning we're expecting something. There is something to come. We're looking forward to something and it is either exciting or or sometimes it's daunting because not all family huddles are peachy. Sometimes they are challenging, but we're looking forward to something. If I were to sum up the family huddle, I think for us, those are the things that we hope to achieve. Now down to what it consists of. It's anywhere between like 20 to 45 minutes. <laughs> I typically aim for like 15 to 30 But that just ends up being the range. Obviously, it's everyone in our family together. No one is left out outside of non-functional people. So our two-year-old, she's not functional. So she is with grandma upstairs or something like that. If it's not possible, if you don't have somebody on hand to take care of the little one, whatever. Just get it done, okay? This is not the prettiest of situations i know when you imagine the family huddle it feels like just this amazing experience of connecting being one people are weeping not crying they're weeping on each other's shoulders we're connecting intimacy is being exercised we're connecting we're getting to know one another yeah i guess a little bit but it's crazy it's chaotic The last family huddle that we had, I I, I think it was a little much. Um, (laughs) Margot was in the middle of prayer and the nine-year-old is spacing out. She drops a ball during and I'm just like, bro, you can't for a couple seconds. Just just keep just stay composed. And the one before that was even even crazier. The five-year-old random thoughts and ideas. And then the nine-year-old is just saying random stuff. Thirteen-year-old is lying to everybody about how she's doing. Like, (laughs) and then we're, mama had a long day and I'm just like, dude, I'm trying to create a healthy family. That's all I want. That's all I want. I'm trying to create a space and a time for us to get to know one another, for us to support one another. So we're better humans And this is what this is. This is what's happening. You know, it's a chaotic experience, but it is intention being exercised. This is what I want. This is what I believe we should be doing. So we're going to come together. We're going to force the issue. Although the moment doesn't feel right. The house is chaotic, long day. We're a little tired, whatever we need to connect. So when you're doing this, please know that Yes, we want to have an expectation concerning the outcome of security, of empowerment, of leaving with some hope. It may be different for you and your family. And although the huddle didn't go as planned, it wasn't ideal. It was a little choppy it was too long, it was too short, whatever, you're exercising the intention to establish culture and health in your family. That is the most important thing, regardless of what it looks like. So again, back to the makeup of the huddle, as well as what it looks like during. So twenty to 45 minutes maybe we hope to get to a point where we're doing it bi-weekly but as of right now it's about every three to four weeks but it's a must that we get it in each month and then all of the family members are together that can handle it we recently allowed the five year old to be a part because she is a bit more controlled she's still crazy she needs to be in mom or dad's lap while it's happening that just is a requirement because she's a very fidgety person and we spend the first bit of time asking each individual how they're doing and this includes the adult so literally going around asking hey Is there anything new going on in life, anything challenging you, anything that you want to celebrate? And we're just literally allowing, creating a platform for them to express themselves. And we hope that there are some things that they're willing to be open about. They're willing to let us in concerning their day-to-day lives and some of the things that are happening in their mind, their heart, at school, whatever. And they can be honest about What's going on and let us in or they can choose not to. And sometimes or a lot of the time as adults, we're familiar with some of the things that are going on and we hope that they express a certain something so that we can support them in that area and they can either choose to or not to. It's just really important that we don't reprimand them for for not expressing themselves. We're just creating the opportunity and the space for it. So that's the first thing. The next thing that we go into is we tend to ask if anybody has any grievances toward one another. So if somebody wants to express a certain something like you did this thing and it kind of bothered me or this thing has been happening lately and this can be expressed even to adults. We want this to be a safe place and it can be it can be hard to bite our tongues because we're just like, bro. You're the crazy person you've been tripping lately, but we want them to be able to express themselves honestly. We want to regurgitate what they said, let them know that we heard them. And then if we have something that we want to express from our perspective, that's not like too aggressive or whatever, then we express that or we don't. And we just allow them to express themselves. However, if there is an issue between the kids, maybe, especially if it was a recent blow up that everybody got to witness, the family huddle is not the time or place to do that. That's something that should be addressed privately with adult or adults and then the two children that had the issue. Addressing that privately opposed to allowing another opportunity For an explosion to happen during the family huddle. We want to do everything in our power to, again, create the safe place and an opportunity for people to keep it real. And yes, it's possible that offense will be taken. That is a possibility. It is. It's It's possible that arguing may commence. That's why we as adults function as mediators. It's an opportunity not just to show them how to regulate emotion, but how to handle conflict, how they can respectfully bring an issue to somebody and how they can respectfully respond to an issue when they're airing their grievances toward one another. And if things are too spicy or whatever, or you just want this family huddle to be about celebrating and connecting, whatever, then this is not something that needs to transpire. It's important as adults, you guys come together first, have a conversation concerning your objectives, what you're seeing and what you're thinking, and then come into that meeting with the same heart. And it's important as husband and wife or boyfriend girlfriend whatever your relationship status is it's important that you come together and you guys are on the same page last thing you want is the adults (laughs) getting into an argument the kids be like wait what (laughs) they ain't even got it together but they're asking us to have it together not happening and the next thing that follows is information and expectation so for instance one family huddle I was hinting toward the fact that we are going to be getting on a clear cut chore schedule. And I did that for the sake of preparation. I wanted to prepare them to expect to be doing chores on a regimented basis. And then the following family huddle, I broke down what the schedule consisted of and we started it up the next week. It was great to create that expectation. They were not blindsided by all of a sudden we have this regiment we're sticking to. I was able to prepare them for the things to come. And then there's also the opportunity to provide some information like this is what's happening in our family right now. This is what's happening in the world. There is a war transpiring in Ukraine, and we had an opportunity to pray with them and to talk through some of those things. Or these are some of the things that are happening in your school, etc. It's just a great opportunity to inform, let them know what's going on or create an expectation concerning something, something to look forward to, a change that's going to happen in our Family, maybe we're moving, and maybe your conversations consist of you guys moving toward the marriage date. Or maybe there's a child on the way and you get to prepare the family for what's to come. You can point out some of the things that will be different, such as attention. My attention is going to be a bit more divided as a result of the presence of this little human. How much better is the child's experience going to be as well as yours When they know that things will change opposed to experiencing that abrupt change and not really knowing how to interpret it, because although they may have known that a child was on the way, they're kind of blindsided by what that means on a daily and relational basis. This component of the family huddle allows for us to feel more like a team, like we are headed In a certain direction as a unit, we're on the same page. It's almost like a meeting at work. When you know where the company is headed, where the company is making changes and you are involved in that process, you can make adjustments accordingly. But some of us are familiar with when the direction is changed and you had no idea. All of a sudden that changes your role and what's expected of you, but you were not informed. So it's almost like this chaotic or abrupt change that needs to be made. And if we experience that as adults in the workplace or in our relationships, how much more jarring is change for the young people information and an opportunity to expect what's to come, the changes being made, like it's so helpful for the unit as a whole. And then there is the last part, and that can be either fun or prayer or both. The opportunity to pray together, to pray for one another is huge for us. And then if there's time to have some fun and to connect, obviously, this depends on how the huddle has gone up to this point. But uh, the opportunity to connect and just to kind of seal what had transpired with Something positive is only just all the more beneficial. Like when you get to a point where your family looks forward to family huddles, that is such a huge win. And while it's not easy, you will run into moments where you don't even want to do it or just because people are being crazy or again, you're tired or you just don't want to deal with attitudes. But it's about establishing culture, a functional, a healthy culture for our family. And I just imagine one day my girls also carrying the tradition, if you will, of the family huddle into their families. The very thought of that possibility honestly brings me joy. And picturing that honestly makes whatever we have to overcome to achieve those outcomes worth it because I didn't have it growing up and I can only imagine the impact that it would have made in my life if something such as the family huddle was transpiring if we We're intentionally creating culture within our home together. So I hope this helps. If you are already exercising the family huddle, congratulations. I hope that you can pull or draw from one thing or another that I spoke on, or maybe you're doing it better. I don't know if you have something that you're doing that's working then please DM me, go on to navigating the blend on Instagram and send me a message. Let me know what you're doing. I'd love to grow personally. And if it serves my family, that'd be amazing. And maybe I can share it on this platform. So it blesses us all. We are in this together. Let's work toward creating that culture. The family huddle has served us and I believe it will serve you as well. I'm going to talk to you guys soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.